This summer, we're talking about little less known characters in the Bible and extracting lessons that we can learn from their lives and we can apply to our lives in a series we call The B-Sides. There are 31,102 verses in the Bible and our B-Side character today is only in three of them. But even though they're only in three of them, uh, we get a picture of someone we can and we should desire to be like we see a picture of loyalty and friendship that is much needed in our world today. So here's my point right up front for you. You can change the course of someone's life by being present with them. You can change the course of someone's life by being present with them. But before we get into our content today, I want to welcome you here. I'm so glad that you've chosen to spend a few minutes with us at Bethany Church. We have three values that we strive to live out every day here at Bethany. I wanna highlight these because, well, they're important to highlight. And if you're new, it's helpful to know the lens by which we view everything. Our first value is grace. We give grace freely like Jesus, overflowing and abundant. Our second is discipleship. We wanna be followers of Jesus. We wanna be doers, not religious consumers. And third, authenticity and vulnerability. We desire, we desire real relationships. And for that to happen, we need to be real honest together. We believe that if we live these values out, we'll be better people. We'll be more Christ-like in our attitudes and our actions and behaviors. We'll actually be better husbands and wives, employers and employees, students, friends. And our lives and our church will be a magnet for those around us. People will say, hey, you know what? I'm not sure about this Jesus stuff, but I'm glad you're my neighbor. I'm glad you work here. If you haven't already, we invite you on this journey with us as we are changed by Jesus and change lives with Jesus. We strive to not only live out these values of grace, discipleship, and vulnerability, but we want, we want to connect up daily with Jesus. We want to journey closely with two or three others, and we want to serve and sacrifice out in our community. It's this with peace that we're gonna see clearly on display in and through our character today. So let's read 2 Timothy 1 verses 15 to 18. That's our Bible verse today. As you know, this is Paul writing, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He never was ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know very well how helpful he was with us in Ephesus. And one other verse we see at the end of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, verse 19, Paul says, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of Onesiphorus. So a little bit of background for you. Paul was a major church planter in the first church. He went all around the Roman Empire, starting churches in different towns and different cities. Paul had started a church in the city of Ephesus. And as was his strategy, he instilled a young man by the name of Timothy to be the pastor and overseer of this church before he left to go preach in another town in another city. So years later, he wrote two letters to Timothy, first and second Timothy. 
to give Timothy some guidance and to encourage him as a young pastor. So Paul wrote 2 Timothy while he was in prison and he was nearing the end of his life. Paul was in prison twice, actually. The first time he was in prison, he was in house arrest. The second time, this time when he wrote 2 Timothy, he was in an actual Roman prison cell, chained to a Roman guard. So obviously it was a difficult time for the apostle. It was difficult for everyone who followed Jesus during Rome in that time. That was when Nero, the emperor, was persecuting the church widely. It was even made more difficult for Paul because as we read, some of his closest and most trusted friends abandoned him in his deepest hour of need. They bailed on him. This life of following Jesus in Rome was too hard, they said. So they took the easy road and ditched their faith for a more comfortable life. And in stark contrast to how they deserted Paul, we see Onesiphorus, our character today. He stayed with Paul through thick and thin. He went out of his way to track Paul down in Rome while he was in prison. Not an easy, not a comfortable, not a safe task. He showed great personal courage and compassion to Paul by doing so. And this gave Paul courage to remain strong while he was in prison. So my main point, as I said off the top, I'm going to say it here again. You can change someone's life by being present with them. You can change someone's life by being present with them. And Onesiphorus, our character today, was the living embodiment of that point. He was a living embodiment of a spiritual truth that Paul was trying to convey to Timothy in his letter. He was saying to Timothy, just before these verses that I read to you, he was saying, never be ashamed to tell others about Jesus. Never be ashamed about me and my situation. Be ready to suffer for the sake of the good news. Listen to what Timothy or what Paul wrote to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 1 verse 5 and onwards. He says, I remember, Timothy, your genuine faith. You share the faith that first filled your grandmother and your mother. I know you have that same faith and it continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan the flames, to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. He says, never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. Don't be ashamed about me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, Timothy, be ready to suffer for me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because this was his plan before the beginning of time. He says, Timothy, be prepared to suffer as I suffer. Suffer with me. He goes on to say in verse 12, he says, this is why I'm suffering because I'm a preacher and apostle of the good news. He says, but I am not ashamed of it for I know the one whom I trust. And I'm sure that God is able to guard what I have given and trusted to him. He says in verse 13, he says, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by faith and love that you have in Jesus. He says, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been trusted to you. 
As he was writing these words to Timothy, Paul was thinking of his friend Onesiphorus, who hadn't deserted him, his friend who was present with him during his darkest hours, this friend who gave him strength and care when he needed it most. Timothy, Paul was saying, model your faith after him. You know him. You know the kind of person he is. Follow him. Let me ask you an important question. How do we invite people to follow someone they can't touch, see, or hear? And how do we move them towards an authentic and personal faith in a God who may may seem distant, vague, or unpredictable? We do this by pointing them to someone who they can see, who they can hear, who they can touch. And this was the case in the story we're looking at today. And I bet it's part of your story too. In everyone's story of faith and fact, there are people who have been present and have become catalysts for their spiritual growth. Think about it. If you're listening to this, chances are you believe what you believe and you do the things you do because of the way someone influenced your faith. More than likely, it isn't just one person, but several. You could probably write a short list of the people who have been significant influences in your life. You see, God uses people. That's the point. He always has. God has always used people to demonstrate his story of redemption and grace. And the essence of our faith is linked to the idea that God actually became human. He became one of us so we could touch him, see him, and hear him. The best way for people to know God is to connect them with people who know God. Let me say that again. The best way to help people to know God is to connect them with people who know God. And before anyone can wrestle with the abstract concepts of things like faith, hope, and the meaning of life, they simply need to know who loves them and where they belong. So my point, again, is you can change someone's life by being present with them. So who needs you to be present in their life? And what are they missing if you're not there? Maybe it's a colleague at work or school or a neighbor or someone else who's going through a stressful or a difficult time. Maybe it's a person who's the butt of everyone's joke. Maybe it's your spouse or your partner. Maybe it's one of your kids who needs you to be present. Maybe it's one of your friend's kids who needs you to be present. Being present is so, so important in the lives of kids and teens. The Search Institute has interviewed millions of teenagers over the past 20 years from all over the globe. And they've come up with what they call 40 developmental assets. These 40 things need to be present in a child or a teen's life for them to thrive, for them to be resilient in life, and to help them transition into adulthood. So the more assets a teen has, the greater chance of success in their life, the greater success for them to thrive. The top six of these 40 have to do with adults being present in the life of a child and teen. Being present in the life of a child and teen is so important. So what do you need to give up to be present in someone's life? And we always need to give up something 
Being present will always, will always cost us something. Maybe it'll be time for yourself or time out with friends. Maybe it'll cost you your comfort. Maybe you'll need to push past some awkward moments and some awkward conversations. Maybe being present will cost you some of your money. And in our story today, Onesiphorus gave up his comfort, gave up his security to be present with Paul. Jesus gave up his place in heaven. Jesus gave up his privileges of deity to become human, to become present with us. Yes, it will cost us something, but it is so worth it. Paul, in our story, told Timothy the value that Onesiphorus brought to his life, the value that he brought by being present with him. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, we know the beauty of Jesus becoming human and being present with us and what value and beauty that has brought to our life. It will cost you something to be present, but it is so worth it. When we decide to be present, those we are with start to believe there's hope. They can begin to embrace a new way of thinking. They are driven by a new internal dialogue that says, I am no longer invisible because someone knows my name. I am noticed. I'm memorable. I'm honored. I am no longer invisible because someone knows what matters to me. I'm unique, I'm worthwhile, and I'm interesting. I'm no longer invisible because someone knows where I live. I'm understood, I'm accepted, and I'm known. I'm no longer invisible because someone knows what I have done. I'm loved, I'm forgiven, and I'm hopeful. And I'm no longer invisible because someone knows what I can do. I'm significant, I'm valuable. I'm courageous and I have potential. You can change someone's life by being present with them. You can change the course of someone's faith, of someone's eternity by being present with them. So my challenge to you is who needs to be present in your life? And what will you give up to make that happen today? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for these three verses in scripture that point us to a man who chose to be present with someone else who needed him. Thank you for his example to us today. May it give us strength and us courage to ask ourselves the question, who needs us to be present with them today? God, may you give us the strength and the courage. May we be reminded of the beauty that is ours because you chose to be present with us. May that motivate us. May that give us the strength and the courage to ask ourselves that question and to not just ask ourselves that question, but then put it into action and actually push past whatever it's going to cost us to be with them today. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be together. We thank you for your love and your grace that's made all this possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today.